is holding firm where uh, Apple, iTunes, Facebook all decided no Alex Jones on our format because he clearly is outside of what we will allow, even though there are some pretty strange things inside what they will allow. And I'm yeah. not saying Alex Jones isn't out there. He's oh, out no, there. No, but no. there's a lot of stuff that's out there. Anyway, Twitter's holding firm. They haven't booted Alex Jones. Some people think that's horrifying. Uh, some people think it's awesome. But we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later. Including some strange bedfellows on either side of the discussion. I've been surprised at some of the folks who've advocated one thing or another. But we'll uh, we'll try to hash that out a little bit. Um, well, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm dying to comment on that. But I won't because you know why? I'm an adult. Speaking of which. So we've had a lot of guests on. Speaking uh, of which. Can I speak of which real oh. quickly? Uh, if, if you are uh, somebody with political beliefs. Um, and, and you're so convinced you're right that it enrages you that anybody has any beliefs even slightly different than yours. And you're such a child or an unformed adult or a psychopath that you think because somebody disagrees with you, you can split their head open. You got to get yourself to Berkeley, to Alameda County, where a guy who split somebody's head open got probation because he's on the right side of politics. Oh, this story will just hmm. make you cheery as heck. I do want so to hear stay that. with us. So over the years, we've had a lot of guests that we uh, um, uh, we really like that we either talk to once or multiple times. But we always think, geez, we, we end every conversation with them by saying, we can talk to you all day. And we mean it. Because there are a number of people that, geez, you just scratch the surface. It's almost a crime to have them on and, and <laughs> barely get into it. <laughs> it's frustrating anyway. Uh, for them and us and probably you. But So we started to do this long-form podcast thing where we'll talk to somebody for 45 minutes or an hour or however long it takes about various topics. And we did Tim the Lawyer to start with, and we hope to do Mike Rogers soon, guy who uh, formerly ran the CIA and was uh, or was on the House Intelligence Committee, all that sort of stuff. Really interesting. Yeah, we got a bunch of folks we want to talk to. Um, but we talked to Laura Logan yesterday for about an hour, and she is, a, you probably have seen her on 60 Minutes and CBS over the years, and she is a television correspondent that maybe has spent more time in Afghanistan than anybody, and we've always liked talking to her. And speaking of childlike enthusiasm, there are still some clips we're getting edited together to feature on this show, um, and then we'll we'll let you know exactly how you can get the podcast in a second or two and listen to the whole thing. But she said some stuff really perceptive and and plainly true and probably a little controversial about Islam and about the refugee crisis in Europe. I mean, the sort of stuff you do not hear anybody with the cojones to say in the mainstream media. And we'll hit you with those clips as soon as they're ready. But um, first of all, let's go with uh, cut number one, uh, where Laura's talking about uh, Al-Qaeda and fundamentalist Islam on the march. The Obama administration, after saying that the attack in Benghazi was carried out by Antal Sharia Libya, which was a nondescript, you know, unimportant local organization. Well, the Obama Treasury Department then sanctioned them as an al-Qaeda organization, which, you know, any um, journalist with half a brain would have known, knew at the time that this was al-Qaeda Libya. But what al-Qaeda knew was if you put your al-Qaeda name on every organization that is part of you, you're going to face sanctions. It's going to be impossible to operate. You're going to have the resources of the U.S. and all of its allies mobilized against you, right? I mean, smart, clandestine, insurgent terrorist organizations, they don't put a big target on their heads. So that gets to, and I hope a book will be written about this at some point, how the Obama administration in particular, I think this happened under Bush also, 
But in, in particular, the Obama administration was so big on the whole we've decimated al-Qaeda thing. Right, as a campaign cause. If, if a group rose up who answered to al-Qaeda, who had the exact same mission as al-Qaeda. Or often ca- same people. Or even the same people called themselves something different. They didn't count it as al-Qaeda. Right. And uh, most of the Benghazi story is based on that. I remember the New York Times did this exhaustive story after Benghazi that uh, I felt like everybody missed the point of, as as uh, including the guy who wrote the story, uh-huh. as he talked to, about all the various terrorists that were in Benghazi that were not Al Qaeda, but how they were you know knew all these Al Qaeda people and went to the meetings and had the same idea. Well, then they're Al Qaeda. It was an Al Qaeda attack on our compound. Right. But by 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 not giving it the name, it allows you to say. There's no Al-Qaeda here. There's no Al-Qaeda here. Look how we've successful we've been. And the terrorists know that if you change your name to Bill's Terrorism Shop instead of Al-Qaeda, yeah. they don't come after you as hard, even though you're trying to do exactly the same thing. Well, and in some cases, as Lara points out, you were literally Al-Qaeda last week. And yeah. you just reincorporated. As I, you know, I, I make it a rather weak witticism in the conversation that, so you're telling me that I could be Al-Qaeda and then I could shut down for two days and reopen as Jihad Hut, and and I would no longer be uh, Al-Qaeda in terms of U.S. foreign policy? She said, yeah, essentially. And she said any journalist with a brain in their head knows, but a lot of journalists apparently don't have a brain in their head because I, uh, there are a lot of journalists that don't get that, and the government either doesn't get it or doesn't want to get it. Right. Because it's handy, and that's very frustrating. Well, in the case of a lot of journalists, they're being yanked by the chain of their own uh, ideology and or fandom for one side or the other, politically, in the U.S. Uh, so, after 17 years, what the hell are we doing in Afghanistan, and where is it going? Cut number two with Laura Logan. In Afghanistan, what most people expect is that the U.S. will not withdraw completely. They'll maintain some kind of presence. And on top of that, if you look at the mineral resources of Afghanistan, the U.S. Um, geology report that came out recently estimated that worth at around a trillion dollars. And what the U.S. saw in Iraq was the moment that we walked out of um, Iraq before the U.S. even withdrew from Iraq. Who was there negotiating for the oil? The Chinese. And so they, they beat the U.S. to it. So you sacrifice all that blood and treasure in Iraq, and you let other countries, Iran, China, everybody else, reap the benefits. Um, and so is the U.S. willing to do that again in Afghanistan? The Russians, the Iranians, the Chinese, they're already engaged. Afghanistan is sitting on massive mineral resources. And Trump has recently, President Trump, has been uh, inquiring and asking questions about Afghanistan's mineral resources. So that is definitely on his radar. So you have a president who hates nation building and state building, who doesn't believe in it, who doesn't, um, who has not made his uh, displeasure with the situation in Afghanistan unknown. You know, he's on the record through the campaign and since he took office and saying we need results. And he's also expressed interest in the mineral resources. So uh, how do those, those things play into where we are now in Afghanistan and where things are going? No war for cadmium. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst war for oil ever in Iraq because we, we did the war part, then let Iran and Russia have the oil. Right. China. 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 So, uh, you know, in the midst of the conversation, we we are asking the question we've been asking for a very long time. What the hell are we doing in Afghanistan? What is the goal? And, you know, I've been positing for a very long time that we just need a big giant base or two there to counter the Pakistanis and Iran in the region. 
And uh, and Jack, you've always made the point. Well, why the hell don't they just tell us that? Because yeah. that's not an unreasonable position. You might agree with it. You might disagree with it. But for some reason, the politicians think the American people can't handle that. Well, Laura Logan agreed more or less, and then added on, you know, something I hadn't been following, which is the enormous mineral wealth of Afghanistan. So we have a giant base there, a permanent base. It's not a war. It's a semi-occupation. And we're going to run some mines. I know someone who is uh, considering taking a job training Afghan soldiers in Afghanistan. I wonder if that's a better idea now or a worse idea. As uh, we're retreating from the countryside into the two main cities. And just going to say, I guess it's yours, Taliban. I don't know. For the rest of the country. I don't know how the Taliban's going to see that. I, I, it's difficult for me to see the world from their perspective. So if we were to withdraw completely from the provinces and just defend the bases, mines, and Kabul, essentially, how would they view that? I don't know. That's an interesting question. They just want their tribal society. Yeah, and well, it won't be a political issue because uh, no, nobody's going to run for president on... Uh uh, against Trump's policy in Afghanistan because nobody's paying any attention. So so back to the Laura Logan podcast, which uh, can we tout how to get that at this point at armstrongandgetty.com soon, any minute now? Go ahead, Hanson. You can talk. Sorry, I had to push some levers. Don't and worry about it. You're the executive like producer. You're often like the teller half of Penn and Teller. You just right. you make motions and no words come out. There are some very easy ways to find this. Yes. If you're a subscriber to the Armstrong Getty podcast, you already have it. Fabulous. So if you've got the iHeart app, or if you subscribe via iTunes, you already have it. Somebody already listened to it and liked it. Is that yeah, possible? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was posted yesterday. I listened to it. I liked it. <laughs> if you don't have it and you follow us on Facebook or you follow us on Twitter, there are links posted this morning. So find okay. us on Facebook or Twitter or go to armstronggetty.com. And, and really, if that's not enough for you... I'll drive it to your home. Right. On a cassette tape. Jack and I will call Laura Logan and we'll repeat the whole thing live for you in your home. Now, she always do what's best for your family. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Um, She also tells some really interesting stories about her life as a war correspondent uh, in the northern part of Iraq when ISIS was sawing journalists' heads off. Uh, She tells a story that is unbelievably hilarious about uh, a conflict zone. And I asked, how much does the religion of Islam play a role in this whole mess of the violence and everything like that? And her answer will shock you. It's anyway, pretty strong stuff. We don't make any money off of this podcast or anything. Because we're stupid or something. <laughs> Just thought you might be interested in it. Because we're stupid or something. Anyway, it's available at all those places we mentioned. As Michael said, do what's best for your family. Right. <laughs> So, once again, speaking of violence, if you're so angry yet childlike and unable to control yourself, you really want to split somebody's head open just because they disagree with you, head to Berkeley, California, where it's okay. And they've changed the Oscars to try to make it better. At least one critic in the USA Today thinks it's cringeworthy and going to be worse. Which makes me so happy I can't tell you. I know. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, we got a late night 
joke off on the changes in the Oscars. So uh, maybe we'll introduce it to you that way. I got a friend who hits me with texts like texts, texts like this all the time and says, do you remember that vegetarian you dated in college and I choked on the bologna sandwich at the brass rail and we got free beers the rest of the night? What was her name? And I never remember like even a tiny bit of any of these right. things. Right. <laughs> and I think, how do you remember this stuff? You know, I, I've, I've had major life events like that. I'll have friends remind me, you remember when you saved my life? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're just not there unless somebody reminds me. It's frightening. I don't remember him choking on the bologna and we getting free beers the rest of the night. Bologna choker. Hmm. Choked on the bologna. Is that a... No. I'm not familiar with part of the country. Is that an, having a bologna an expression? Sandwich. Urban no. Dictionary disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Unfortunate. So I was trying to gather all of the facts for you to launch into the following screed, but uh, there, uh, one of the factors involved is using a government website to nail down one particular fact, and this government website is completely unusable. It doesn't work. There's a shock for you. Oh, we're going to talk about the, the taking on the DMV in California or something. Later on, yeah, yeah. Speaking of government. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's an unbelievable situation. A lot of y'all have been sending us uh, descriptions of your recent experiences dealing with the DMV, and it sounds like a nightmare. I pray I don't need to do anything before they get all this fixed. But anyway, so you may recall in the early, early-ish days of the far left in Northern California deciding it's okay to hurt people because they disagree with them politically and deciding that any speaker that they don't agree with should be silenced and or terrorized, specifically on the uh, campus of uh, the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, You may recall those early beatings. Now, this is before various uh, counter-protesters showed up in Captain America outfits and the rest of it. This was in the fairly early days. When one Eric Clanton, a former East Bay College philosophy professor, Uh, slash teacher, was arrested for the following. He showed up on April 15th of 2017 um, to a a protest. I don't remember the specifics of the protest. Philosophy professor, you said. The Antifa maniacs, who are the actual fascists by virtually any definition, um, showed up because they didn't like a speaker. And began beating people down. And this gentleman, Eric Clanton, attacked, according to court papers, at least seven people by smashing them in the head with a heavy metal bike lock. Oh, my God. One person received a head laceration that required five staples to fix. A number were injured. Another was uninjured, had a piece of helmet broken off. A third was struck across across the neck and back, police wrote. So this guy showed up. In disguise, his uh, identity covered up in fighting gloves with pieces of heavy metal designed specifically to hurt people. He attacked at least seven people, injured several, including at least one seriously. Bike lock's a great weapon because you can carry it anywhere. I'm just locking my bike, and you could really do some damage with a bike lock. Oh, my God. He was outed online. Police went to his home, found ample evidence linking him to anti-fascist, that should be in quotes, and anarchy political groups. They moved to a second address in West Oakland where they found flags, patches, and pamphlets associating Clanton with Antifa and anarchist groups. Also, 
U-locks, sunglasses, a glove, jeans, and facial coverings, consistent with the items worn and much photographed during the April 15 attacks. Camera found at the San Leandro home contained selfies taken by Clinton. In other words, they had this guy nailed, nailed, nailed as somebody showed up and in a premeditated fashion started smashing faces with a heavy chunk of metal. Well, here's good news, everybody. Justice has been done. According to Alameda County Superior Court records, Clinton entered a no-contest plea uh, to one misdemeanor battery charge. The felony charges against him were dismissed, and an allegation that he caused serious bodily injury was stricken. A misdemeanor charge that Clinton wore a mask during the commission of the crime was also dropped, and he gets three years of probation. So if you want to smash people's faces and split their heads in, as many as you can, head to Berkeley, head to Alameda County. Where the district attorney, district attorney Nancy E. O'Malley, is more than happy to let you go with not even a little slap on the wrist. Go smash those faces in Berkeley. Yay, Alameda so County. Right up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. So did they yeah. make any argument as to why they they let him off with such a light penalty? I'm trying to access the court records, and that is the aforementioned utterly unusable government website. Uh, no, he pled out, and they accepted it and let him go. Three years probation. So he doesn't get to smash anybody's face for three years, I guess. It doesn't explain what will happen if he violates that probation, if any charges will be reinstated well, and, or what. And going with the uh, Professor Dershowitz shoe-on-the-other-foot principle of the law, right? if this was a pro-choice rally and a bunch of people in... Trump hats and masks showed up and started smashing people in the head with heavy chunks of metal. How do you think that would go? You think he'd get off with uh, just probation? Uh, I think you know the answer to that. Right, right. It shouldn't be decided by your your politics. Uh, Sometimes before his arrest, police said Clanton tried to... Again, that man's name is Eric Clanton. Uh, Police said Clanton tried to discuss the April 15 assaults with staff at Diablo Valley College, where he taught in 2015-2016. And never stated he wanted to proclaim his innocence, et cetera, et cetera. He was nailed, nailed, nailed for premeditated assaults on innocent human beings. And they let him go. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. There's there's a heinous battle coming at one of these, maybe during the presidential election, but there's a heinous battle of the coming where right. there's going to be a bunch of people dead, a mm-hmm. bunch of people really hurt. Uh, horrifying stories that we're all that's going to grip the nation and we're and, and people who haven't been paying attention are going to say how did we get here and i would say nancy o'malley district attorney of alameda county california the superior courts you had a chance to make a statement that this has to stop now before the death that jack is talking about which is inevitable you had that chance and you whiffed on it i don't know if it was cowardice or ideology or politics or what but you whiffed Shame on you. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Disturbing report. A ramshackle New Mexico compound, actually a training camp for child soldiers. And the lines are getting longer, but no audit for the California DMV. Wow, I want to hear all those stories. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Some changes in security coming to airports, which sounds like it might be good. I hope it is. Plus, changes coming to the Oscars. Yay! Well, I gotta—they'll have to change it to get me to watch ever again. Last year was a low point for everything. 
Anyway, we've got that on the way also. Right now, the news with Marsha Phillips. Very quick update. Crews beginning to get more control over those two fires forming the Mendocino Complex fire that's burned over 302,000 acres in Northern California. The car fire, the deadly fire near Redding, that uh, stands at about 176,000 acres. It's about 47% contained. And down in Southern California, police have arrested a man for starting the Holy Fire southeast of Santa Ana. That one's up to 6,000 acres at this point. The New Mexico compound, where 11 starving children were found living in filthy conditions, was actually a training ground for kid soldiers. Court documents say the man who was running it, Siraj Wahaj, was conducting weapons training near the Colorado border to prepare the children to commit school shootings. So I read this story yesterday in the New York Post and then Googled it a couple other places. And I I looked at his name and maybe it's because I'm a bigot or I hate people of a certain part of the world or whatever. My first thought was this sounds like a, a, a name from the world of Islam training school shooters. But the stories didn't mention anything about that. He's the son of a prominent imam in New York City. He's been on the run since December. He is a Muslim extremist, absolutely so, beyond a doubt. So nice job, every media I checked yesterday, yeah. in going so far out of your way to make sure you're not a hater that you don't even mention the most important part of the story, which the guy has got some ties to radical Islam as he was training school shooters. That is the most important part of the story. You left out the most important part. Yeah, as Joe That's is- so crazy. You talk about blinding yourself. Through political correctness, you leave out the key to the story. Uh, Go ahead, Marshall. I was just going to say, as Joe was mentioning, uh, his father is the uh, Muslim cleric who has ties to the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Nice. Yeah. In fact, he even acted as a character witness for the notorious blind Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman. Wow. So the entire family with a long history of radical, violent Islam, but the mainstream media ignores it. The FBI had been watching the compound for months. They don't watch compounds for months because there is child neglect going on. Um, and this story came out over the weekend. Or the first part of the story right. came out over the weekend. How long did our nation's media know about this? And they just they just didn't want to report what it was. Right. Even though it was pretty obvious from the get go, I think what was happening here. And that that we're killing ourselves with this this crazy idea of not. It's sort of what we were talking with Laura Logan about right. at various times during the podcast. And we're getting some clips ready for you that will uh, her frankness will shock you. And this is somebody who knows what she's talking about. God, this guy's directly tied into that whole movement and you leave that out of the story who's that for despite the growing frustration over long wait times the california dmv has managed to avoid an audit the state gave the dmv 70 million dollars extra to help with the increased wait times caused by the real id process well a joint audit committee at the capitol you talk about urinating away money that's a way to do it. Give the DMV $70 million to do better at something. Imagine Joe. how that gets spent Joe. and the, piece of the people that make the decisions on how to spend it. Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, first person who ever pointed it out to us this simply and eloquently. Private enterprise rewards success. You want more money, you want more... Well, if you do well, you get more money, yeah. you get more resources, et cetera, et cetera. Government rewards failure. If you fail, if you abuse, if you waste, you get more money. A joint audit committee at the Capitol found the money was not used as intended. But Shocking! A re- but a Republican-backed proposal to audit the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles to investigate the reasons for its cr- customer service meltdown didn't get any Democratic votes. Also and it- shocking! Well, not a single Democrat 
was in favor of investigating an enormous waste of taxpayer money and enormous abuse of taxpayers. Wow. Keep voting Democrat, California, just because you didn't like George Bush. Yeah, the audit measure died in committee. Republican Assemblyman Jim Patterson said, We are now sentencing millions of Californians to long wait lines, and we're basically saying, trust the DMV. Governor, so what, did anybody make an argument as why you shouldn't audit the DMV? Did they claim it's too expensive, or what? What was the what is the claim? Or you just kill it in committee and know that most people will never hear about it? Well, the DMV was saying, you know, we are just overwhelmed with all these things we've got to do and so many investigations, and it would be very costly to devote more resources to uh, to working on the audit. And Governor, yeah, Brown, yeah, that is figuring out why we're so screwed up. Yeah, that'd be a complete waste of time. Right. That was that's that's the greatest. Wow, I, I'm trying to come up with a great analogy for that. <laughs> just, so you wasted all the money, you didn't accomplish right, anything right. with it, and we want to try to figure out why. Well, that would cost even more money. So here thanks it, for right. taking my money. Here at Capital of California Sacramento Hospital, we're losing 45 percent of patients on the operating table. There's no way we should spend money trying to figure out why that is. That'd be a waste of money. We need to pour the money into not killing them. Well, why are you killing them? We don't know. Well. Joe, now the DMV director, Gene Shiomoto, says... This is a problem, and as a director, I am responsible, and we are actively working to reduce the wait times. There you go. Oh, well, no. I stand corrected. Yeah, Thank then, you, Mr. Vice then President. Then we will stop looking into where $70 million went. Yeah, good argument. Apple is insisting your iPhone is not eavesdropping on you. They sent a letter to Congress, Energy and Commerce Committee this week. The company also said the third-party developers didn't have any access to audio data either. The phone will listen when a voice assistant like Siri is activated, but the company says it shows when sound is being listened to, you have no fears. Yeah, so uh, how about all those apps that, uh, that, that ask for uh, the opportunity to listen to your phone? But uh, so I'm sorry, we're out of time for your questions. Thank you. (laughs) What I have to believe anytime Facebook, Apple or anybody says this is you could and it would be of great benefit to you. You could listen to all my conversations and figure out what I'm into and sell that information. Right. But you're not going to out of the kindness of your heart. Mm -hmm. I have to believe that. Exactly. Senator, in their letter they sent to Congress, Apple said the customer is not our product and our business model does not depend on collecting vast amounts of personal identifiable information to enrich targeted profiles marketed advertisers. Well, that's definitely more true for Apple than yeah. it is for Google and yeah. Facebook. There's no doubt. Yeah. And uh, no word on Apple's whether... a tr- the first trillion dollar company because of the the hardware, the phone, right? Not because they're stealing your information. Uh, Google also uh, was uh, warned by Congress, but there's no word on whether Google responded to uh, the congressional concerns. Yeah, we need to get into the whole Facebook, Twitter, Google, Alex Jones thing. And we got a great email from somebody in the tech world who explained quite beautifully the uh, dynamic Jack was just talking about being a tech company or being a data mining company, right? So more on that to come. That's wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So you know what Joe loves? The, Joe's favorite part of the show, I know this, is the late night joke off. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes indeed. Where all the late night comedians take on one topic, and this time it is uh, changes to the Oscar broadcast because they had the lowest ratings ever, and they've come up with some new ideas which are being roundly mocked. Roundly mocked. Oh, that makes me so happy. I, I can't even tell you. I've never done this before, but it's got to be something to come up with a plan, introduce it to the world, and have everybody imme- everybody immediately think it's terrible. I want to hear the plan. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Alex Jones has an app for all his uh, titillating uh, stuff that he puts out, InfraWars app, and it is uh, surged in popularity, as I suspected. Right. The other day, um, you limit where he can be found, and there's a lot of people that are going to... He'll he'll make more money off of this, probably. Anyway, mm-hmm. Twitter is holding firm. They're not going to ban Alex Jones. We'll get into that coming up in a little bit. The, the, the guy who runs Twitter, Jack Dorsey, was on Hannity last night explaining why he's allowing Alex Jones to be on the format. Um, I don't think Twitter's ever been accused of being uh, conservative or anything. Oh no! So it's no. A, it, of the social media <clears throat> of the social media platforms, it certainly gets accused of that more than any of the other ones hmm. because it's not flamingly <laughs> left. Anyway, well, right. I want to hear his why argument. Why aren't you banning Nazis on your platform? Is right. a very common, yeah, et cetera. I want to hear his argument before I get into any of that. I guess it was ridiculous the backlash that. Zuckerberg got, and I don't like Mark. I think he's probably evil, Mark Zuckerberg. He's the Antichrist. But the people, people attacking him and him being forced to apologize for saying he would be okay with Holocaust deniers having a Facebook page, just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Are people actually that stupid? Yes, it's difficult <laughs> yes, to have an yes, adult discussion are. in the modern world. the The problem with the internet, and there are a number of them, and and it's almost worth ending the internet over this. That's my argument. Is that it has given. Not only a voice, but a very loud voice to the stupid. Well, the stupid or the angry and fine. stupid. But then why are why are why are those of us who who at least think we're not stupid uh, letting them run run the show? Well, because people back down in the face of the howl of the stupid stupid mob. They fear it. Why does Zuckerberg even respond to a? No, I I don't believe the Holocaust was fake. That wasn't my point. My point is... Even Even a really objectionable point of view is going to be allowed. That was my point, you idiots. So you deny the Holocaust happened. Ah, Jewish groups are angry. Really? Okay. All right. Anyway, so uh, we'll talk about that coming up. The Oscars are going to make some changes because they had the lowest rated broadcast ever. And it's soon to just go away, I think. I hope so. It'll be like the Miss America pageant. It'll be on ESPN3, tape delayed in the middle of the night. Well, have it go back to being a dinner for the people yeah, in the industry. That'd be fun. Uh, so do these jokes kind of set up what the changes are? I don't know. Let's find out. I, I would assume so. They address some of them, not all, all right. of them. So right. late night joke off. Uh, we got uh, several different comedians that are going to take on this joke. Joe will grade them. Yeah, and then the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. <laughs> Here in Hollywood, the Academy Awards have decided to acknowledge blockbuster summer movies by announcing a brand new Oscar category. The Oscar will be given for outstanding achievement in popular film. It's about time, though. I always felt bad for those giant summer blockbuster movies. You know, it's unfair. They never get anything except billions and billions and billions of dollars. And the really big news is there's a new category at the Oscars, Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. I guess someone over there had an idea. They said, what if we honor some movies that people have actually seen? And everybody went, yeah, that's great. We should do that. And here's my opinion. If they want to appeal to viewers, they should just add more than one new category. Like, I want to see best illegally downloaded movie. (laughs) I want, like, real categories. Like, we need, like, hottest Chris. I want, like, the Oscar for the best Meryl Streep. That's what we want. That's what we want. Hottest what? 
Chris. You got your Chris Evans, your oh, Chris Hemsworth, your Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah, Pratt, yeah. Pratt, Pratt, whatever it is. Well, once again, uh, hilarious and insightful, the late-night joke-off. <laughs> James Corden gets a B-, minus. Uh, Kimmel gets a C-, uh, Trevor Noah gets a B. Unfortunately for Mr. Corden, he's deducted a full grade for being a foreigner and taking American humorous jobs. He is uh, the low vote getter with a net C minus and is banned from comedy for life. He can still do the carpool karaoke thing because some people like it. So it's cost him $46,000 because he has to keep canceling on who? What big celebrity I read the other day. He's wanting to do a carpool karaoke. Oh, no, it was, uh, it was Kanye. Kanye keeps yeah. keeps changing the schedule. Show's over. <laughs> and he wants to do Kanye because that'd probably be pretty good because Kanye's going to say wacky stuff in the car. Yeah, the story was he was he was parking the car outside of Kanye's place when he got the call. Hey, man, Kanye's just not feeling it right now. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> awesome! <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, hashtag Oscars so dumb. That's what the critics, uh, the critic for the USA Today says, O'Brien Truett. And his 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 beef is with the really only substantive change is they're adding this category around achievement and popular film, which has no criteria yet, as as far as anybody can tell. And they have no idea how they're going to decide that achievement in smashy robot movies that are actually made for China ought to be the real name of it. <laughs> but nobody knows how are they going to determine who's who who had the best of those. Is it just raw dollars made or whatever? And is this actually going to bring in more viewers? I don't think so. I don't think it'll have any effect whatsoever. Well, maybe fanboys at a smashy robot movie will, will show will watch to make sure it wins over the uh, explodey giant shark movie. Or yeah, I suppose we'll you. find out going into it a couple weeks out. The nominees and the nominees will be Black Panther and uh, Wonder Woman or whatever. Yeah, and, various probably. Yeah, how dare I leave out the superhero yeah, movies? Six superhero movies and then yeah. like a Transformers or something. Yeah. I don't <laughs> nice. know. The only thing that could be entertaining is when that kind of movie wins and the people walk up there and I guess the really artsy-fartsy people in the crowd who, who are going to win Best Picture and, and 170,000 people saw their film, they'll roll their eyes at the, uh, at the big blockbuster, I assume. Well, that, that, that's one of the giant problems the Oscars has had is that if you add up the total number of people that have seen any of those movies, it's like four million people. Nobody's seen any of the movies. It's difficult to tune into a show to watch him give out awards for something you've never seen before. It's yeah. pretty hard to find the interest there. Well, yeah, it, the, you start there. Move on to the obnoxiously just complete saturation and self-satisfaction and wokeness and lecturing America on how to live out of rapey wood. And 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 then stay for the fact that the movie business has been totally hollowed out. There are giant $100 million blockbusters that are made for China. Make no mistake. That's China. what they're made for. And you've got little art films, which I really enjoy, but you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mid-level anymore. What does Trump always? What's Trump always say? Whatever happened to movies, huh? Remember John Wayne? And the crowd roars. Yeah, that's what I'm good saying. Good point. <laughs> uh, let's see the, uh, but, the uh, several uh, changes. Uh, Oscars so hashtag Oscars so, so dumb. The the other the other major change involving the telecast is a lot of the smaller categories are not going to be aired live. They're going to kind of right. They're going to make the, those down into a highlight package. Well, the that show, they show later. They have the show has to stay under three hours. I don't know how they're going to three hours. They're going to shorten it to yeah, three hours. That's way too long, and I don't even know how they'll make that happen anyway. Um. So I I don't yeah. The biggest one is adding that the 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 category for popular movies and. 
Wow. Be- so and then they've shortened it to three hours. That's yeah. the big announcement. That's it. That's it. Yikes. They're uh please feel free to proceed oh. to hell, Hollywood. <laughs> oh, another interesting uh dot connection that I didn't realize until later in the afternoon that the Oscars are set to broadcast on ABC for the next like ten years or something like that. Boy, ABC, ABC you made a bad deal. <laughs> but ten years from now, nobody's going to be watching. ABC owned by Disney. Disney probably has a very vested interest in very popular movies getting more prestige mm, and awards. Ah, uh, wait a minute. And it was the TV ratings, aka ABC, that pressured Oscar to make these changes in the first place. Yeah, that could all be true, but it's still. I mean, it, 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 there's some logic behind. We got to get a movie. Some find figure out a way to get movies on there that anybody's seen i mean you can understand that argument but i wouldn't doubt that disney pulled some strings on that well abc i don't know what they paid for that probably a lot at a time when it was still the number one show in the country outside of the super bowl but that's changing fast well, live sports and award shows have this this theory that they're tivo proof that you have to watch them live they're both going away the nfl and oscars i don't know what's going to be big in the future they're not fu proof fu <laughs> twitter holding firm stay tuned to the armstrong and getty show